Welcome to the I Love Alt Mortgages podcast, brought to you by Home Trust. And now, your host, Brennan Trenuth. Hey, Broker Nation, you are listening to I Love Alt Mortgages. I am your host, Brennan Trenuth. And today on the podcast, I am joined by Iqbal Singh, president of Emerald Lending. Iqbal joins us today to share his self-made success story and how that shapes his role as a leader today. Plus, Iqbal shares the importance of service with his referral partners and why that is his key marketing strategy. Hey, Broker Nation, this is I Love Alt Mortgages. I am your host, Brennan Trenuth, and today I'm sitting down with one of our broker partners, Iqbal Saini, president of Emerald Lending Group. Iqbal, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Thank you. Pleasure's mine. Yeah, we're very excited. We've heard a lot about you from your uh, BDM, John Oliverio. So lots of good things coming from him about you. So we're excited. Yeah, over a period of time, John and myself, we've connected in a way where, you know, even late nights, we're giving each other a call and seeing how you're doing and, you know, talking to each other outside of work as well. You know, John's a good guy. Yeah, that's really good to hear. Yeah, I know he is a really good guy. We're happy to have him on the home team. So what I'd like to kind of just talk to you about, and we try and do this with every guest that we have on the show, is just learn a little bit more about you, a little bit more about, you know, what led you into the mortgage industry and then kind of throughout that process, uh, you know, starting in the mortgage industry to now, kind of like, what did that look like for you? Oh, I started doing this back in 2014. I was actually trying to get my dad's mortgage done his refinance done. I went to this broker and I knew nothing about mortgages. I was just finishing my master's from York and was planning to get a nine to five job somewhere. So I go and I ask him that, okay, I want to renew my dad's mortgage. What's the process like? And to me, it felt like I knew more than him about financing already. And, you know, to me, it felt like it was sort of walk in the park initially and you know the amount of money or the commissions that he's made and i was like wow this could be you know like almost half a month's salary for somebody sure why don't i get started in this so i finished my master's i quit my job i was working with canada post at that time and i got into the mortgage industry first i had a lot of people telling me that no 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 don't pursue this you're gonna face a lot of stress and you have to deal with realtors, lawyers, and you have no experience doing that. But I did it otherwise. So I just went ahead, rented a small room at Regis and started, you know, cold calling and, you know, calling family and friends. I got no luck from family and friends because obviously I had no experience. So everyone was like, oh, you're new to this. So we cannot risk our mortgage with you. So my whole business was solely based on cold calling and i got in touch with a few clients they came over to the office first few months i did a few transactions and from there i just felt like a dream you know now i have a team of about 20 agents and we're doing fairly well now and i handle three different offices and mortgage industry has given me you know a lot Oh, it's a very interesting story. So obviously you just jumped in, no experience whatsoever. So to get to this point, what have been some of the bigger challenges that you've had to face trying to, you know, establish yourself as a broker, maybe more so as an alternative broker? And, you know, like, what did you do to try and overcome some of those challenges? Initially, some of the challenges that I felt were, you know, mentorship. I needed someone to guide me through 
how to get hold of the client, which are the banks that I have to deal with, what are the few initial questions I'm supposed to ask these clients. But believe it or not, nobody helped. Initially, I changed three, four different brokerages. Then I was like, you know what? I got to get back to my basics. Uh, started doing this self-learning. So mm -hmm. from that, you know, I found out, you know, about many banks, their policies, uh, you know, what kind of underwriting they have. And then slowly and slowly the business grew and I got to know more about alt lending as well. Mm -hmm. And then I sort of connected with Home Trust and it's been good. So basically, you know, you were looking for help. There was nobody there and you said, yeah, forget it. I'm just going to do it myself. You hit the books, you start, you know, reaching out to different lenders, trying to figure out what their policies and, you know, how they lend and all that stuff. And you kind of just self-taught yourself to where you are right now, right? Yes. No support, believe it or not. Wow. I changed three, four different brokerages. Mm -hmm. My first brokerage, the BDM or the person who was in charge of this, he mm -hmm. was in Hamilton. So I lived right. in Brampton. So to discuss a deal, sometimes I drove from Brampton to Hamilton just to get five minutes of your time. Right. His five minutes of his attention. And I was like, no, I, I don't think this is going to work. Let me flip the script now. So obviously you went through that and now you're looking to build out your team. What are you doing now to support that team? Whereas you never had that coming into the industry. So what I am doing is I'm very transparent with my team, whatever mentorship, whatever help they need. Sometimes I work on the deals, having someone new sit right across from me. And if they have any challenges or they don't have any live deals, then at least they can learn from the deals or the business that I have. One of the brokers initially, you know, he told me you can only step foot in my office if you have a deal. So I was like, yeah. okay, for me to get a deal, I need to know something about the mortgage industry. Right. So I hated that. That's why I was like, you know what, I got to change this. And now there's three, four different brokers in mortgage lines who have learned from me and they've opened up their own shops. And right. there's so much business out there. I don't think that if they opened up their own offices that they're going to hurt my business, right? Sure. Competition's there, but then there's a lot of business out there. Sure, absolutely. Let me ask you this then. What's your distribution between a and b business or i'll say it alternative so that would be kind of like b and private what's that percentage split look like for you so in the beginning in 2014-15 there was a lot of a business so i would say i was doing 90 percent of my business was on the a side right and from the 2014 until 2022 the market has changed so much that i feel like it's just going to flip in the next mm -hmm. couple of years for me so right. I'd only be doing 10% of A business and maybe I might end up doing 90% of B business and private business. I think the reason for that is the real estate has, you know, a house that was $400,000, $500,000 detached home. And now that house is 1.5, 1.6 million. And mm -hmm. that houses have tripled in value. But in terms of people making salaries, I think it hasn't changed that much. Of course, it hasn't tripled. Yeah. Over the past couple of years, just looking at, you know, what you've been able to do with us here, I've seen significant growth for you personally with us. So what do you kind of like attribute your growth to for yourself and for your uh, brokerage? I would say number one is having a good BDM is very, very, very important. 
and John has been a blessing for me. He's always answering his phones. If he's not able to answer, he's in a meeting, he will send you a quick text that right. I'll call you back. And he makes sure that he returns my call the same day. Or it could be I'm sending a lot of business, so maybe that's why he's returning my call. <laughs> <laughs> that's for certain, but uh, yeah. Yes, no, John's been amazing in terms of any product, any deal that I'm not able to see through, then mm -hmm. I usually you know, take John's advice. For example, yesterday I had a deal. The client wanted to do a refi, and he also wanted to set up a home equity line. So I asked John that, can we do this in one transaction with Home Trust? And he said, mm -hmm. for sure. So we yep. did a division where we took the ETO, we did the EDO for 200,000 and also right. kept the 100,000 as ELV or as a HELOC. You know, this was something that I wasn't sure because I used to send deals as straight ETO or sure. a home equity line. Right. So we did a yep. blended product. Yeah, no, that's a really good story there. And obviously, you know, we had that ability to do, you know, those types of things. And for anybody listening on the podcast too, when you have two deals versus one, so you have a first mortgage and the ELV, it actually counts towards two units towards our Spire broker compensation program versus just the one deal too. So you're still getting the overall exposure and limit, but you're actually counting towards two units as well. So that's good. And it's just another, you know, good example of that you know relationship that you have with your lender right so it's really important to have that when it comes to like any sort of marketing or anything like that are you doing any sort of marketing that helps you generate leads or any clientele that way so this is what i tell my agents you know i'm a kind of person who likes to socialize and you know who likes to have one-on-one -on -one meetings in terms of marketing, you're not going to see my face on a bus or a, at a bus <laughs> terminal. I think that sort of marketing is for someone who's not able to get referred business. And most of my business is referral business because service should be number one in this industry. And if you are serving your realtors, your lawyers and your accountants that you're working with, you will get crazy business from them. So you don't have to do this uh, extra marketing and you don't have to spend money on, you know, radio ads and TV ads and all that. So my marketing, I would say is just one-on-one -on -one with the realtors and all my referral sources. No, it's definitely some excellent feedback there. And obviously anybody who's listening, it's not always about like, you know, the flashy stuff on the billboards and the buses. It's you know, really getting that one-on-one -on -one with your clients and getting those referrals as well, which is really important. My business model is that I deal with realtors, accountants, lawyers who send me direct business. So every meeting that I have with a real estate brokerage, my main goal is to serve the real estate brokerage and the realtors working there because it becomes a lot easier in a way where a realtor has a little bit of a knowledge about how you know the client's credit works and how much down payment do they have so it makes my job a lot easier when i have a meeting with the client and the realtor for a purchase transaction i always like to have a meeting where the realtor is present with the client so that you know we're very transparent in what guidance or what counseling we're giving to the client this is basically you know how i keep my referral sources this is how I don't have to pay marketing agencies and, you know, have my face on, on a bus terminal. So I try to avoid that. 
Yeah, that's definitely a great explanation there. I just want to kind of switch topics now, just kind of talking about the clientele that you typically see on a day-to-day basis. And I'm just wondering if you do see clients that have experienced any sort of credit issues. Oh, we do see a lot of clients with bruised credit. We do help them transition. So let's say if they had a past consumer proposal or bankruptcy and they want to transition from a private lender to a B lender, we usually sort of guide them through the whole process. In regards to that, I think credit issues also maybe depend on the demographics as well. I've seen, you know, credit issues with a certain demographics where people are just doing nine to five jobs as opposed to the office that I'm sitting in in Oakville. Over here, you would see a lot of high net worth individuals, but connecting it back to B lenders and alt lenders and private lenders, I think bruised credit, they are definitely giving a lot of business to alt lenders and uh, privates as well. But the area that I'm sitting in, in Oakville, where, you know, an average detached home is almost two and a half, three million, you would get these clients where you have to work on their net worth. And with net worth, a lot of the A-lenders would not be able to issue them the credit that they're looking for. So that's where, you know, alt lenders play a big role. And I'm sure that's got to be a bit of a, you know, tricky conversation to have as most people you know, wouldn't normally open up about Bruce credit right away. So how do you get your clients to kind of open up truthfully so that you can understand what's going on with their credit, right? A lot of people, you know, they'd be very intimidated to tell you that, you know, I have a couple R9s and I've had a consumer proposal. I'm just wondering how you kind of like approach that with them. I think for purchase transactions, usually sort of dig into the credit issue right away. And I give them a disclosure that, okay, credit is something that is going to play an integral role in purchase of your house. So if you're not clear and upfront with me, you might be facing, you know, huge penalties, or you might end up paying high interest with a private lender. You know, that's something that I do make my clients aware that, you know, you have to be hundred percent transparent with me if you want me to help you and get you the best deal possible in your situation. Yeah, and I would assume as well that the conversation would be a little bit difficult with clients as well with respect to, you know, their mentality might be, oh, I think I'm an A client and the back end they've had a few things going on. And then, you know, you're reviewing everything and they have this mentality that they're A or I'm gonna get an A product and you come back with, I need to take you to an alt A lender or I need to take you private. And this is what your rate is going to be when they're expecting, you know, A rates, right? So how does that conversation play out sometimes? I used to never open up about, you know, okay, you might have to go to a B lender because Mm -hmm. of your profile or because of, you know, your purchase price or because of your job situation. But, you know, this is something that it took a while out of me to at least be, you know, very upfront with them because most of the clients who would come to see a broker, the likelihood is that they have already been to a bank. So they've already gone to a bank. And if the bank has said no to them, then second option or the best option that they have is to go to an alt lender who would still issue them good credit. And you're not only just paying interest, you will be paying principal plus interest with an alt lender. Right. 
So I guess there's got to be a bit of an advice factor as well when you're having these conversations with clients, especially if they do have, you know, Bruce credit and, you know, you say, you know, I'm going to help you clean up your credit, but you need to ensure your payments are made, you know, maybe on a new ELV that you're getting right with us. Maybe you're getting a one charge ELV with us and you're making sure that, you know, they have to make those payments so that they can build their credit up. That way, you know, years time, two years time, you're able to try and, you know, transition them back to where their ideal goal is. For a client, their ideal goal is to secure a mortgage with the major banks. This is what they want to work towards. But, you know, just to put it out there for them. For example, I had a client yesterday at a meeting with a client. His credit score is 520 and he's doing a purchase of 1.2 million with 20% down, contractor, self-employed in construction. And he said, oh, can you get me a mortgage with CIBC or TD Bank? And I had to sort of give this hard word to them that, okay, you know what? Forget about it. No major bank is going to give you a mortgage. Mm-hmm. So you're in the right office, but let me help you out. Let me make this plan for you. Maybe next year and a couple of years, you will end up with the major banks. But for now, your option is to go with a B lender or you have to go to a private lender as well. I'm sure that conversation isn't always appreciated, but you're looking out for the client, trying to get them a solution instead of trying to like jam it in somewhere else. But you mentioned obviously business for self clients. So I'm assuming you see a lot of business for self clients, maybe even new to Canada clients as well. I would say most of my clientele is business for self. Right. And the best business for self clients, I give them the simple numbers that, okay, you declare your taxes. Let's say your notice of assessment is $200,000, but in order for you to have a notice of assessment of $200,000, you might be looking at paying taxes of around 60 to $70,000. Or if you go on to the B lenders or the alt lenders, you don't have to declare this high taxes because we solely approve you with your gross revenue or your gross income. So, you know, if they have a little bit of logic in them, then they do understand that, okay, you know what, as opposed to paying $60,000, $70,000 in taxes, I'm better off with what I'm doing now and go with the bank that is actually going to approve me in my current situation. Yeah. And you know what, a lot of clients need to have that conversation. So I'm really glad to hear that, you know, you're having those open conversations with your clients explaining, you know, the situation at the end of the day, your job is to provide that client with the best solution possible, best pricing possible. But, you know, obviously you need to have that open conversation and they need to be equally as open to you as possible. Well, Paul, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. You were fantastic. A lot of great information there. It was really nice to speak with you. And, you know, we've heard a lot about you, but I had never met you. So it was nice to get you on. And now I can, you know, report back to uh, your BDM that there's going to be a lot more business coming his way, which is great. Definitely. But ultimately, just wanted to say thank you for your support of Home Trust. We truly appreciate it and value it. And, you know, wishing you all the best for 2022. And hopefully that we can continue to help you grow your business this year. Thanks a lot, Brennan. Thanks a lot for having me. And uh, thank you to your team as well. And uh, we'll chat again. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today on I Love All Mortgages. If you like this episode, please consider leaving a review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.